morning and welcome in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm so happy to see everyone here this morning. You all look bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to worship the Lord. And in that case, I'll tell you that today is the eighth Sunday after Pentecost, in case you didn't know. And in today's gospel, we hear Jesus reminds us that everything that we have comes from God. All, our, all the riches that we have and all the possessions that we have really come from God, so don't be afraid to share them. Any visitors with us, people here for the first or second time, visitors? Okay. Again, we're going to continue with communion at the rail, so when it's time for communion, both sides can get up at the same time and take a little glass of wine from here. You know, there was a, a lyric in a song, a little glass of wine. Do you remember that? All right. Make sure you take one. Come to the rail on both sides. We will commune you, and then uh, the uh, worship assistant will, will give you the words over the wine. And then, that, and then when you get up, please go around the back and come around this way. Go completely around. So you've done it before, so we're not going to mess it up. Uh, Fellowship after service has been quite successful. Please take advantage of coming after service to uh, fellowship. Yesterday was the uh, Felicia Grant's uh, celebration of life. It went very well. We ask you to keep that family in your prayers. Uh, and finally, uh, I spoke to Pastor Bill uh, yesterday who had some surgery, and he's doing well. But I have a sneaking suspicion that he might tune in to this service. So when I count to three, say, get well, Pastor Bill, okay? One, two, three. Get well, Pastor Bill. And he's doing fine, so. Yeah, he thinks the surgery is going to improve his golf game. I told him that nothing will help him. So with that said, let us prepare our hearts for service. rise and face the baptismal font where we began our life as Christians. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. 
We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This song is all about praising God through the storm, praising him in the good times.
Jehovah. Amen. 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 The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. 
Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin. Let us pray together. Benevolent God, you are the source, the guide, and the goal of our lives. Teach us to love what is worth loving, to reject what is offensive to you, and to treasure what is precious in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. First reading for today is from Ecclesiastics. Vanity of vanities, says the teacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. I, the teacher, when king over Israel in Jerusalem, applied my mind to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to human beings to be busy with. I saw all the deeds that are done under the sun and see all is vanity and the chasing after wind. I hated all my toil in which I had toiled under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to those who come after me. And who knows whether they will be wise or foolish, yet they will be master of all for which I toiled and used my wisdom under the sun. This also was vanity. So I turned and gave my heart up to despair concerning all the toil of my labors under the sun because sometimes one has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill, must leave all to be enjoyed by another who did not toil for it. This also is vanity and a great evil. What do mortals get from all the toil and strain with which they toil under the sun? For all their days are full of pain and their work is a vexation. Even at night their minds do not rest 
this also is vanity. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second lesson is a reading from Galatians. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not all things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourself with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to St. Luke. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who sent me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, what should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool. This very night, your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Be seated. So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. 
Grace, peace, and love from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A dying man gathered his lawyer, his doctor, and clergyman at his bedside and handed them each an envelope containing $25,000 in cash. He made them each promise that after his death and during his repose, they would place the three envelopes in his coffin. He told them that he wanted to have enough money to enjoy the next life. A week later, the man died. At the wake, the lawyer and the doctor and the clergyman each concealed an envelope in the coffin and bid their old client and friend farewell. By chance, these three met several months later. Soon the clergyman, feeling guilty, blurted out a confession saying, there was only $10,000 in the envelope he placed in the coffin. He felt rather than waste all the money, he would send it to a mission in South America. He asked for their forgiveness. The doctor, moved by the gentle clergyman's sincerity, confessed that he too kept some of the money for a worthy medical charity. The envelope, he admitted, had only $8,000 in it. He said he too could not bring himself to waste the money so frivolously when it could be used to benefit others. Well, by this time, the lawyer was seething with self-righteous outrage. He expressed his deep disappointment in the felonious behavior of the two of his oldest and most trusted friends. I am the only one who kept his promise to our dying friend. I want you both to know that the envelope I placed in the coffin contained the full amount, indeed, my envelope contained my personal check for the entire $25,000. <laughs> I love that story. You know, some parables are well known, and others we mention so rarely that we might forget that they're part of the Bible. The parable of the rich fool falls into the second category. It's a shorter parable and has a, message, has a message that offends those of us who prize individuality and doing what we like with our possessions. However, hidden in this brief story is a message more complex than we realize. Jesus told the parable of the rich fool while speaking to a crowd, responding to a man who wanted him to arbitrate an estate problem. Jesus responded by asking the man why he should become a judge in the matter and warned his audience not to be greedy. Having made this point, Jesus launched into a parable of the rich fool. The rich fool is a man with a prosperous farm who just had a successful harvest and decides he will store it and take things easy. In response, God says to the man, you fool, you will die 
this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Jesus ended the parable by saying that it is foolish to accumulate material wealth and not have a relationship with God. More specifically, the parable of the rich fool is about <coughs> avoiding materialism. To be a materialist is to treat materials as idols, put them in a place reserved only for God. Jesus highlighted that the rich fool had lots of money, but no relationship with God. <clears throat> Thus, even though he seemed to have it all, he had nothing. We don't have any guarantees as Christians that our lives will be comfortable. However, we do have a guarantee that God will get us what we need when we need it. Our priority should be pursuing him and using what we have to help others. This does not mean that we should not earn money at all. After all, earning more means we can give more. It does mean that making money and having things should never be our first priority. Our first priority is God. Second, the parable warns us to remember we are not alone. The fool is portrayed by himself in the house, saying to himself, my soul, you have enough goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. Jesus affirmed that following him meant realizing our lives belong to him and we join the body of Christ. We not only have a call to follow Jesus, but we also have a call to care for others. If we are shown to be trustworthy, we may become managers who make sure the other servants are cared for. Keeping our gifts and resources for ourselves is a selfish act. Why does this punishment, though, seem overboard to us? Does it seem overboard to anybody? It might seem a little overboard to us. The idea that someone would be punished for having things might strike us as being unfair. Particularly if we come from an American, white, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant background, we are used to thinking we earned our possessions. We also tend to have a very individualist view of life, which means we don't feel obligated to others and believe we can do what we please with our lives. Jesus' parable informs us that neither attitude is ultimately true. We are made by God to glorify and enjoy him forever. Thus, ultimately, our lives are not our own. We were designed to worship something bigger than ourselves, not to live our lives as we see fit. So let me bring it to a more personal level, to a more Lutheran church of the reconciliation level. I have at my disposal as pastor a pastor's discretionary account. It's an amount of money 
that council and you have all earmarked for those people in need, people that come into the church during the week. They need some money. That's the people I'm talking about. It's an amount of money that council and you have earmarked for those people in need, whether they are members or not, but chose to come to this church and ask for money for various things. Help with rent, help with insurance, help with gas, electric bill, phone bill, etc. At least once a week we get someone coming into the church asking for help. Now I am the steward of that fund. I have the checks and I am the signatory on the check. What happens over time is that we have repeat requesters of funds. I realize that some may depend on the church maybe as part of their monthly budget. It is my hope that events will improve for them and at the same time I try to limit a request so that money is available to all who need it. A request came in this past week from someone we have been helping. She needed help with rent and car insurance. She asked for $200. I asked her, is it possible for you to do with less? I offered her $100. And she counted with 130 I was ready to bargain further when my thoughts went back to the sermon that I was writing for today. Are we being rich toward God? Who is it actually who is asking for the money? Is it actually the woman who's asking? I told her that I would give her the $130 but after I wrote the check, she asked for a further $10 for gas. Just never stops, folks. And then I thought, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? The things you have prepared, whose will they be? We can't just store our grain and our goods. They belong to God. My brothers and sisters, we are not blessed by God to keep our wealth. We are stewards of the gift that God has given us. They're meant to be shared. If you want to know why God gave us these gifts, it's simple. It's because God loves you, and so do I. Amen. Nothing compared.
confess our faith with the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternal begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and our, our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets, we believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. 
We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life for the world to come. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is poured out upon us, so we are bold to pray for the church, the world, and all that God has made. For your church, God of grace, hear our prayer. For the earth, God of grace, hear our prayer. For those who are in need of food, shelter, and a safe environment. God of grace, hear our prayer. For the sick, especially Susan Bayman, Janice Daly, Gay Green, Alberta Holden, Paul Letts, Mary Lou Schofield, Lisa and Roger Strong, Bill Sutton, Ron Wagner, Leo Schusler, Kathy Lear, John Daly, Robert and Beverly Batchelor, and those on our lips and in our hearts. God of grace, hear our prayer. We praise you for those saints who have gone before us. God of grace, hear our prayer. Since we have such great hope in your promises, O God, we lift these and all of our prayers to you in confidence and faith. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Greet each other with a sign of Christ's peace. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right our duty and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection Open to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy. 
Lord, you are holy indeed, almighty and merciful God. You are most holy, and great is the majesty of your glory. You so love the world that you gave your only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. We give you thanks for his coming into the world to fulfill for us your holy will and to accomplish all things for our salvation. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, broke it and blessed it and gave thanks and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good.
Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Life-giving God, through this meal you have bandaged our wounds and fed us with your mercy. Now send us forth to live for others, both friend and stranger, that all may come to know your love. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever.
Thanks be to Thanks God. Thanks be to God. Back to you. Back to what? Wafer? Yeah. You know, today I, I tested something. I tested the regular bread that we have. And I held it in my mouth and I poured the wine on it. I'll get the wafer. Just keep reminding me, that's all. 